Coming to you from Grandma's dorm room in Coffeyville, Kansas, you are listening to The Wrong Kind of Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the wrong kind of podcast. Over there is Yancey. Oh, oh boy. I, I'm Justin. And the man in the corner, I've been thinking of these all day long, he keeps the beat uh, for the uh, loudest dad band in southeast Kansas. Uh, he delivers your bills, and uh, he's big with the uh, ladies and not so much with the dogs in the neighborhood. It is Lord Baron Bandersnatch. Hey. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yes. I hope that I can live up to that awesome introduction. It wasn't as awesome. It sounded a whole hell of a lot better earlier today. <laughs> but I've drank about half a bottle of that peppermint schnapps because I got a, a sore throat. And uh, I don't have a sore throat no more. All right. It worked. No, it worked well. Grandpa's uh, old cough medicine. Yeah. Well, Grandma's dorm room, we had some Grandpa's uh, cough syrup. Uh, you're also the host of the Off the Edge podcast. Yeah, sometimes. Yes, sometimes. You've been here before, and I always enjoy it when you're here. Well, I always enjoy coming over, man. I really appreciate the invite. It's uh, good to see both of you. You too. He's one of our producers, and he donates to the show. And the reason it's warm in here is partly because of him, because of our heater. Nice, quiet heater. Oh, is it too toasty. hot now? It's getting toasty now, isn't it? If you want to... Be a producer. Oh. You can go to wkopodcast.com. Look at that, <laughs> man. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Don't even have to lead him. Wow, he knows. He, it's like he knows what he's doing. It's like he's done this a time or two. And we do have a phone number that nobody's going to call, but yes, he's going to give it out for you. 620-625-0146. It's up for debate on whether Justin wants you to call this week or not. And we got two calls from a couple of old boys that I think... You saw them back in the day on... Uh, in living color. Wasn't that Mad TV? Uh, was it Mad TV? The ambiguously gay yes, duo. Yes, the ambiguously uh, gay duo. <laughs> yeah. no, that, that was actually Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. Was, was it? it really? Yeah. Oh, that's well, right, because uh, Conan O'Brien wrote some of that. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. right. Yep. Conan was probably one of them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, here's one of them. Hey, this is Bob, and I want to complain about the gubernatorial elections in Kansas. I believe it is time to go ahead and change it to be like the... Uh, Presidential races, we need to have representation from every county, and I think we need to bring in an electoral college, because if you look at the map, only four counties carried our governor. The rest of the state decided they didn't want her. Besides That's one other county. That's not very good representation. But anyhow, not really, Bob. You know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to say hi, John. And uh, your mom says hi, too. Oh, yeah. Jesus, man. Good Lord. You know, I really thought it was Bob. I was fooled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, hey, uh, gotcha. that was Earl of the Orange Cone. <laughs> the old bait and switch. Mm. Uh, I use what he's talking about quite often. People are like, you know, we need to get rid of the electoral college. And I use that example that we elected our governor by popular vote. Right. So, I mean, he's not wrong. What, Topeka, Lawrence, Kansas City elected mm, the governor? Uh, Wichita. Wichita. Yeah, I think uh, Johnson County and Sedgwick County, uh, Douglas County were like the big three yeah. that mm. went blue. Uh, Kearney County out in western Kansas, they went libertarian. Yep. 
Yeah, I saw you know? that. Yeah. So, and I, you probably disagree with me, but good for those guys just for bucking the status quo. I mean, not no, even his home county. I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, no. I've voted for some of them weirdos. I don't know who the hell they are, but uh, <laughs> you know, and that's one we always talk you know? about. I don't know what the fuck's going on in Kansas down here in the corner. Yeah, you don't get no damn news. I did feel pretty uninformed. I tried to read up on yeah. candidates, but uh, I don't really feel like it was sufficient. We need to be able to be watching Wichita or Topeka Channel, something that right. we can be immersed in it every day like you do Tulsa where you pick up little things mm-hmm. because whatever articles you're going to look for, you, you're going to get whoever's writing it spin. You know, you need to be able sure. to hear days on the end of bullshit and weed through it. Yeah, and yeah. yeah you need to be able to, to kind of um, triangulate from different sources well, instead of just getting it all from yeah, right. one without outlet. Without feeling like you're just picking up on the highlights too. Yeah. There's, there's a difference between you know, just seeing things occasionally to where one of you guys said being immersed in it, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing it daily, day by day, and actually feeling like you're part of it rather than you're an outsider looking in perspective. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just what? Uh, is it Lord of the Orange Cones? Yeah. Earl, Earl, Earl. Earl. Oh, Orange excuse me. Yes. No, I did not mean to disrespect the Earl yeah. of the Orange Cones. It gets kind of weird about that. Um, all due respect, Earl. Uh, I... I am torn on that like i don't know what's right on that i can see cases for both sides and Mm -hmm. i'm not smart enough to know what's best i really am not yeah well um a lot of the detractors from the point that he's trying to make right there they always say well cows can't vote so all those their land can't vote yeah land can't vote you know that that sort of thing i've seen that plenty of times on facebook over the past couple days yeah yeah i tend to probably say leave it the way it is because to a degree, you're right. Land, space, can't vote. Okay, then why is it okay for the national? That's a little yeah. different. I mean, we're talking about Kansas. We're talking about Healy and Flat. When you're talking about the whole country, you're talking about almost different societies. Yeah, definitely. Uh, different societies, different cultures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely. totally different. And it's kind of weird in the Senate. It's like if, if you're going by the same principle, then... then underpopulated states have a really disproportionate representation in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So it kind of goes the other way in that regard. It's true. I don't know. Hmm. It's all arcane and weird. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I'm like some kind of expert on it. They come up with it years ago, and it's it's worked fairly good until the last few years. Here I, we agreed. Go. Yeah. Well, it, there wasn't a, uh election-stealing problem until there was uh, electronics and Trump. So, you know, well, whatever. I would argue George W. Bush, the oh, hanging chads, the hanging chads. I would, I would argue that uh, old Jeb Bush and the governor of Florida uh, pulled some strings for that old dude. The guy that won that election was not the guy that I voted for. No, oh, that's neat. That's our vibrator. That's for your enjoyment. Pulled out the magic wand. That's right. Thanks, guys. You know, this oh. is a service that we provide for our guests. They probably can't hear it, but that is the air compressor in the basement going on. Uh, that might be a first. Yeah, that is a first. I don't know. I haven't used the air compressor in days. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the air compressor sounds. Here we go. Hello, Wrong Kind of Podcast. It's Baron Earl of the Pipe. Um want to pick your brain i saw you put up that poll as far as people wanting trump to run again and stuff like that it's kind of curious if you guys were going to talk about the results of that um i think everybody knows my two cents uh trump would only have four years a lot harder to fix things in four years than it is in eight so my vote is no but 
Just saying. If I had to choose between him and the current administration, obviously my vote would be yes. But it's a lot easier to screw things up uh, than it is to fix them. So it's going to take a little bit more than four years uh, to really get out of the mess that we're in. So that's that's my two cents. And then uh, also it's talking more about two cents. his egoness. Um, I, I saw the, I, th- I know we talked about it a little bit off air, off air and whatnot, but saw where when DeSantis, whatever that, whatever that platform is Trump's on, that he, since he can't be on True Twitter, um, yeah. he put out how DeSantis had won Florida by 1.1 million votes and then all of a sudden decided that it was his opportunity to make the point that, uh, that, uh, he won Florida by more. Um, um you know, negating the fact that more people show up for uh, every four-year elections, not midterms, by right. far. I don't know what the numbers is on that, but somebody had said it one time, and it was actually kind of staggering how many more people um, show up for four-year elections. But anyways, I uh, just kind of wanted your thoughts uh, on Yankees boy. Uh, <laughs> keep on not smoking that weed, Kansas. <laughs> Trump's supposed to be making his big announcement here. Uh, is, I was it, gonna, is it 8 o'clock? Or? I was going to ask you about that, yeah. I think it's 8 o'clock, like our time. And I hope to hell it's delayed or doesn't happen. I would say, like, in, in I think that we can all agree that Republicans underperformed uh, compared to expectation, oh, yeah. expectations, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. right? But um, DeSantis won handily. Like, By, that was uh, one of the strongest showings, really. Close to 20%, which um, I think DeSantis, the first time he was elected, only won by, I mean, it was just tens of thousands of votes. It was maybe mm-hmm. 30,000 thousand or it was really close the first time and then this time he won decidedly by 20 percent so for uh trump to kind of negate that desantis didn't perform well is kind of a lewd point but right um at the same time justin and i kind of discussed this before uh we got on air here but um trump is going to go after desantis pretty hardcore if he does decide to run Mm-hmm. He's already come out publicly and said that he knows things about DeSantis that the public doesn't know, and he's probably going to come up with some stupid nickname that he. And we we talked about too that such a bitch move, man. You know, Trump had uh, Lion Ted, uh, Little Marco, right. uh, Pocahontas, you know, Pocahontas. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, come on, man, that one that was <laughs> yeah. kind of well deserved. Yeah, I I preferred the Pocahontas. It was Pocahontas. Yeah. Oh. Um, <clears throat> but the king distraction is pretty much what uh, what Trump is. We won't get anything done in the next four years after no. he's elected. If he does get elected, Back if he were to run again, shit. it would be a distraction the whole time. He would be, you know, marching himself on TV, arguing with reporters. It you would know, be the same old circus all over again. How about we have a president that's not <clears throat> in his 80s? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I don't have a problem with age if the person, it, well, yeah, is not a total ass bag. Which Trump is not a total ass bag, but his bag of ass is pretty fucking near the top. It is, you know, <laughs> I, and you know, you feel like we're kind of at this fever pitch right now in in the country to where we really, really need somebody that <clears throat> almost doesn't want to be president. You know, I mean, that's hard to come by these days. You know, um, Trump definitely set him up 
himself up to want to be president for so long. Dude has been talking about running for president since the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody uh, pursues the presidency these days. You don't have somebody like George Washington where they basically have to drag him right. to Washington, you know, to the Capitol. Um, I don't know if that makes any difference. I think as a society, we're so divided right now that um, it's going to be hard for any one person, let alone, you know, the entire yeah. government to bring us together, which I don't, it's something there, there's got to be this societal shift to where we do it ourselves. It's another one of those things where you can't count on the government or depend yeah. on the government to bring us together because if anything else, they've been more of the problem. It's got to be anything else. It's got to be grassroots, like bottom up type of type of thing. Uh, that's something I'm really thinking more and more about. Like, uh, I hate to get into kind of a cynical mode about it all, but um, I don't know. My wife, the lovely lady Libros, is a huge Wendell Berry fan, and that's something he's been talking about for since the '60s. Mm-hmm. You know, and he saw all this coming like so far away. Been talking with her about that a lot recently, and it's like, yeah, um, we need a shift in the culture we right. need to shift in you know, from the ground up i don't know how we do it <laughs> i well, don't know how we catalyze it i mean is, is it too little too late you, you hate to put it on that much of a level but right um at the same time it seems like our societal divide is down party lines mm-hmm. you know that with us or you know you're with us or against this mindset of blue and red tie right. politicians to where if you're a red tie guy and you like somebody, but they have blue tie tendencies, well, that guy's just a piece well, of shit. He's not the guy yeah. that I thought he was. I can't be well, friends he, with that guy a, anymore. He's a rhino. Right, or, exactly. Yeah, or, that's yeah. yeah, you're either a rhino or a Trump boy. Yeah. Or oh, a, man, right, I didn't realize right. my friend over there was such a libtard <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Right, you know? right. And see, like, I've always considered myself like the most lefty of lefty guys, you know, but mm. I feel like... The, I don't get that vibe from you at all. No. Well, I, I think it's because I, you know, I feel like there's nothing, nothing that I perceive as uh, being what's classically liberal or um, progressive, like the uh, values of like protecting free speech, of protecting journalists, um, like like uh, all of that's just gone by the wayside for all this identity bullshit. Oh man. And, yeah. and it's like the left isn't left anymore. It's just this weird neoliberal it's a shit, uh, shit show. And it's it's like, I just don't identify with that anymore. It's like, I don't feel like I've changed. Like, I don't feel like my values have changed. No. I just feel like the Democratic Party has just went off in this authoritarian Man. weird kick. You well, know? I'm, I'm with you. So I, I don't. So up until 2012. I pretty much voted Democrat across the board. I'm a union yeah. guy, you know. They're, right? They're yeah, for like labor, and labor, shit. exactly. Well, then, like I told in the last episode, the votes that I made a week ago was about society. Mm-hmm. Money's mm-hmm. fucked up. It's fucked. I'm not sure that any candidate's going to fix what's going on. Yeah, right. I'm voting for society because society has gone to shit. Right. And the ones that I used to vote for seem to be getting the blame for it. So. Mm-hmm. It seems like yeah. there's no wiggle room for moderation anymore. It's that that pendulum swing that we're always talking yeah. about. You're either on that side of the pendulum or you're on that side. There's no there's no room in the middle because the pendulum doesn't stop there. Did you uh, listen to the Rogan show with Matt Walsh? I haven't. I haven't listened to that yet. That's been on my radar. I I hate to say it. I'll, uh, I want you to tell me about it, but um, 
I've kind of just been focused on music and trying not to let all that shit bun me out <laughs> here lately. No, I, no, I, I have it's not, it's not yeah. the good way to be, but I, I needed have, a break. I have went through and silenced several pages that Facebook keeps trying to show me. And mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. They want me to see this shit. They want me to engage. So I've been mm-hmm. hiding all of this extreme liberal fucking just so far left. You can't even see them no more pages is what Facebook is showing me. Mm-hmm. I guess because they think I'm a damn Republican, which far from it. But, uh, that's for you, monitor. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're the alt middle. <laughs> the alt yeah, middle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the last, I didn't listen to the last twenty minutes because after a while, I just couldn't do it no more. I just got mm-hmm. tired of listening to them. It was two men that are so entrenched in their position that, and you could tell they were doing their best to not offend each other. Mm-hmm. They was trying to have, and I, and I have to give them that. It was two men that couldn't disagree more on a topic, yet they were sitting there having a drink with each other, and nobody got triggered. Nobody yelled, yeah. but Rogan was definitely trying to bait him into something. He, he got real deep into uh, gay marriage mm-hmm. and kept asking Matt Walsh, what are gay people supposed to do? And I just don't think Matt Walsh, well pretty egotistical of me he didn't explain it right damn it the way i the way i would have you know yeah he kept he kept asking him and and the short answer is i'm a christian right you don't have to agree with my faith but this is how i see it that doesn't mean i'm going to tell you how to live your life now if you claim to be a christian and you're still doing the shit that we're arguing about i got to question your your faith Mm -hmm. and for anybody that says you can't judge is bullshit because you can it's in the bible look it up if you don't know where it's at so anyway, that was the gist yeah. of the conversation. That was uh, the gist uh, uh, that uh, my wife um, got from it. She was talking to me a little bit about yeah. it because she did listen to it. She came to the same conclusion that it was like, she's like, I don't know. Was, she felt like uh, like Joe was just a dog with a bone. Yeah, just, he was. Just trying to go after him on this. Yeah. Just trying to get him to admit that it's because of religion that he felt this way or, right. or and something. I, and you know? I think it was. And why, he couldn't, right. why couldn't he just say, yes, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, exactly. I don't agree. That's not to say that if a, if a gay dude walked in here, and I'm, I'm sure they would when John and uh, you know uh, Pike Pike come by, but if they walked in here and they were gay, I'd be like, okay, you guys are gay. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. approve of what you're doing, but you're not paying my bills. I don't give yeah. a shit. Now, whatever you're doing and gets on to me, okay, then you know we're gonna have to have a conversation mm-hmm. about sure. it. But if you want to go home and. And Rogan's deal was, and, and I, I get on this soapbox, I believe that my fellow Christians and, and the conservatives and all this caused this themselves. Because if you'll remember, the gay folks just wanted to be able to give their their earnings, their yeah. their, their insurance, right. their, their whatever. They wanted to be able to have their the person that they love come into the hospital with them when they're, right. they're ill. Mm-hmm. Well, the only way that works for society at the time was, well, you got to be married. Or next yeah. of kin. Well, I'm neither. Well, we can't do that. Well, I need to be married. If the the Christians weren't so staunch on keeping them from having a life, right? That's what they was doing. We're not going to let you have a life because you're gay. So we're going to stop it. So they they used their own shit on them. Well, I want to be married then. There we go. I mm-hmm. I've been on here. How how long have have we been talking? I don't and know. I just proved that Justin's a leftist. Minutes. That's <laughs> I just proved it. 
<laughs> I don't know what I am, and I swim around in some water know. sometimes, and I come up for air, and I go, where the hell am I at? I don't know what I am I, I'm, I'm clearly a rhino <laughs> by probably half the country's standards, and the other country thinks I'm probably a, a Trump boy. Well, if you have any um, assault at all, you constantly question your own convictions. And I yeah. mean, I, you're going back to Joe Rogan for a second. He has this uh, long track record or pattern of anybody that comes in with any kind of uh, religious convictions. Oh. Mm-hmm. He did the same thing yeah. to uh, all the Jewish kid. Yeah. What's his name? But the Jewish kid. Uh, ben. Ben Shapiro. Oh, Shapiro. Shapiro. Yeah. yeah he- thanks displays it out though yeah he doesn't give a shit what you think right right i'm gonna tell you how i feel well and he can articulate it very well i think yeah. i think um joe rogan got matt walsh's goat pretty good i think he, did I think he had him mm-hmm. flustered to the point to where he couldn't articulate what he really wanted to say i'm not mm-hmm. questioning matt walsh's conviction in his faith no not but at all. i feel like his conviction or his ability to convey that conviction isn't as strong as Ben Shapiro's. Right. Which was, whose is, though? <laughs> Real, yeah. Man, that guy. Like, I'm not a Ben Shapiro, Shapiro fan necessarily because. He's a razor's I, edge, man. Dude, I, I, yeah, he is the sharpest dude. I mean, if, if there's a lot of things I might not see eye to eye with Ben Shapiro on, but man, what a, uh, a keen, um, I, I don't know, uh, like adversary to debate to really get to the bottom of ideas because he's yeah. going to sure. pick apart any flaw that you have in your logic. It's, it's always on the ready too. You know, yeah, he doesn't really so have quick. to calculate. It's and, yeah. and I want to hear what the in air quotes other side thinks. Yeah, right. right. So maybe they got something there you haven't thought about. Sure. You're like, oh man, that is a interesting deal. Some of the most profound conversations lately have been people that um, are at complete you know, different sides of the, of the mm-hmm. equation. So you had recently Matt Walsh, Joe Rogan, you had Bill Maher and Kid Rock, which yeah. was this wow. crazy dynamic there. And wow. I, I missed that one. I'll <laughs> yeah. check that out. That's, yeah, that's definitely nuts. check that out. <laughs> the greaser and, and the geezer. And what was, <laughs> <laughs> what was funny is they, uh, they tried to bait each other a couple of times and each one would say, Hey, let's focus on the stuff that we agree on and let's, Let's let the stuff that we're never going to agree on that we could sit here and argue for an right. entire hour about. We're never going to convince each other. Let's just let that stuff alone and let's find our common ground because uh, that's refreshing. I, I kind of made a note here. Uh, Bill Maher said something kind of to the effect that the only way that we're going to make it is to find common ground, acknowledge that we will never be able to convince each other of all of our differences. Good Lord. Um, it's, it's funny when, and, I want to go back to something well, you said it, a second ago. Uh, when guys like Bill Maher, the voice of reason, to people on the right, we're kind of hit this fever pitch. And you said earlier that you don't consider yourself like this far left guy. That you know, well, I I always have kind of considered you, myself a far right. left guy, but but now what's considered far left isn't anything that I recognize. Right, and yeah, Bill Maher so. has said something to the effect that people accuse him of being a conservative now because right. he is almost in the middle yeah. of every argument because the you left know, has moved so far left. Other yeah. than your Subaru with the vegan stickers, I had no idea. 
So I don't want to get too far in the weeds because we wanted you to talk about football too, man. Well, right. I don't know anything about that either, but we'll bring it on. Well, neither does our team. So <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm goodness. sorry to say I'm sitting here with two uh, pony riders. So <laughs> oh man. Hey, we got some breaking news you wanted to tell us. Oh yeah. You so b- share with me before we get into football here. I had a guy send me something right before we started recording. Um, it's always a guy with him. Yeah, so the Kansas City Royals owner, John Sherman, announced that the team is planning to leave yes. Kauffman Stadium and expected to build a $2 billion ballpark district in downtown Kansas City. I, now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I, I think. I actually read over, now that I'm on Twitter, Oh, mm-hmm. you can find me at uh, WKOP Justin. Yeah, Have you uh, given $8 for a blue check market? Not yet, because I don't need it. Oh, okay. Because, well, you know, it's free and shit. Right. And I've got like... 10 followers, which you should come over and join me at WKOP Justin. But, uh, yeah, they had a, uh, basically an open letter to the community, uh, four pages. One of them was a artist rend- rendering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the pictures right now. It, it looks crazy. So yeah, that's, that's coming. Baseball mm-hmm. stadium is going to be downtown. I believe some people think they want to put it at the legends, but no, if you're familiar with Kansas City at all, you know where uh, Children's Mercy Hospital is? It's yeah. right next door. I spent way too much time there this yes. past winter with my oldest daughter. <laughs> okay, so yes, yeah. we're both very familiar with that place. I believe that it's going to be north of there, but south mm. of downtown and basically to the right. You know what I mean? These mm-hmm. pictures that I'm looking at right here kind of show that that location pretty much. The rendering, anyway, that, I, that I'm looking at here. Yeah. My my guess is when you're sitting behind home plate, you're going to be looking at skyscrapers of downtown yep. Kansas City. Yeah, you're pretty much going to be looking right at the Children's Hospital. I, oh, I had a picture just pointing the other direction. Oh, really? The Children's Hospital would be to the south. I figured that you'd be looking to the northwest. Hmm. But... Once again, I'm not an architect, and they ain't built it yet, so we right. both could be wrong. Yeah, this is a MLB on Fox uh, Facebook page here cool. is where this came from. Yeah. So it's also on Twitter, you know, <laughs> the KOP Justin. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's interesting. I hope they leave Arrowhead alone. Uh, I found an old picture the other day of the original architect design of Arrowhead and Kaufman, and there was a giant, for lack of a better term, Quonset hut kind of a thing that uh, would roll back and forth over the two of them. And then when it was not in use, it would sit right in the middle. And if, if you look at them from the air, they are perfectly lined up. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were designed to do. Wow, like the wow. pyramids. Yeah. I mean, there's there's thought behind it. It wasn't just an accident that they're in there like that. So that that remind me about, say pyramids again. To oh, go, go, ahead. Pyramids. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I did want to off, no, go jump ahead. off topic. I'm but just being a homer on the Chiefs, man. No, no. <laughs> Right on. <laughs> uh, I on Netflix. Uh, well, another. Um, I don't have that kind of money. Another recurring uh, Joe Rogan guest is Graham Hancock. Yeah, yeah. He's got a series on Netflix. Is he the photographer guy? He's a he's an investigative journalist, and he's he has a hypothesis. Isn't he the liberal? But I enjoy listening um, to him. I don't know what his political leanings are. You should know. Everybody should have a tag, Zach. Yeah, right. right. Everybody right. fits anyway, into a box, go ahead. damn it. Yep. See, um, I just made my point right there. Right. God dang it. <laughs> All right. uh, but his, his hypothesis is that uh, there were civilizations, human civilization on Earth, way earlier than archaeologists yeah. real, uh, will recognize. And this series is going from site to site of these <laughs> megalithic stru- structures and providing evidence that they are not like 
5,000 years old, like archaeologists thought, but they're more like 12,000 years right. old. That they were ancient ruins to the ancient Egyptians, actually. Yeah, or like, <clears throat> like even... Uh, oh, they're that, ancient like ruins. Like, more ancient than Egypt. Right. Like, like, uh, like you t- talk about, like, uh, Noah's Ark and stuff, like the Great Flood. Well, there's... In each one of these places, there's a similar myth mm-hmm. of there was this big, big catastrophe that ended civilization, and then... A survivor of that came to that land, bringing, uh, bringing with them engineering and agriculture, and then they build these crazy things that are aligned with uh, the the stars and stuff, and uh, they're dating back to like nine nine thousand six hundred year BC. Right, and so it's just uh, it, I don't know. It just you said pyramids, and I was just like, oh, I was watching this thing. So <laughs> well, I, I just find it pretty fascinating. I saw something recently too that a lot of those. Um those old structures like that. There are some structures, ancient structures in, in India too, that there's this one statue that they think is a, you know, thousands and thousands of years old. Is, it, it's of, all, is it of Peggy? It's all smooth. <laughs> it's all smoothed out. It's this perfect structure. And then you have these crudely inscribed, like almost graffiti into mm. it. They're like, why would somebody build something so beautiful and then carve these ugly looking, you know, crudely scratched in yeah. markings? It's like ancient graffiti, you know? So that, that structure yeah. is so much older than the graffiti that's on it. And they tied it in with the ancient Egyptians. They said that basically the hieroglyphs and the paintings and everything that they found in uh, the, the pyramids are basically ancient graffiti in ancient buildings. Oh, wow. You know, that they, those aren't the same age. It's been 10, yeah. 12 years ago, and I've talked about this before. I was watching some kind of documentary. I'm Total History Channel. By the way, Hole Diggers is back on tonight. Curse Folk Island, by the way. <laughs> uh, they found a skull in somewhere up there in Portland, Washington, up there, you know, where Bigfoot hangs out. Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> It was a skull of what they believed was a Native American. And after they did some carbon dating and all that shit, it dated way before what was thought the uh, Asians crossed the land bridge to come over here. And it wasn't too long after that that the Native Americans stepped up and claimed this son of a bitch, and then it's over. There Mm. was no more checking into it. Because if they could prove that there was people before them the whole sovereign nation thing goes to hell right well right i mean not only that but the uh kind of the the land bridge and the the dawn of man in mesopotamia and then them coming over and crossing the land bridge and all that stuff that there being nobody in quote-unquote north america until the land bridge was crossed that that kind of gets thrown in the trash that was another thing that like in this series uh you would really enjoy it i know you don't have netflix well, we, we need to get you on the we need to get you on the Netflix train. Mm. But uh, they had uh, fossilized human footpr- footprints that date way before that land bridge was a thing. Maybe I should yeah. start a GoFundMe just so I could talk about stuff with you guys. <laughs> if you go to wkopodcast.com. Mm. Is that where you go? Yeah. <laughs> We're getting ready to buy a new computer. We're getting real close to it. We're getting real close. Oh, and you can finally watch The Tiger King after all these years, too. Oh, I watched the first four or five episodes. That fucking bitch. It's, it's messed up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I've always thought the pyramids were cooler than shit. Yeah. It just fascinates me. What really bums me out, though, is I just found out five or six years ago that the pyramids are literally like 200 feet away from the fucking Quickie Mart right there at God. Cairo. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they're right there. They never show you that fucking view. They got hustlers over there now, too. They, they act like tour guides and stuff, and basically oh. they're hustling people out of money and... 
You know, it's almost like had, going to Vegas. I had this. Yeah. I had this thing that one day I was going to make it over there, and I had to ride a damn Land Rover, you know, fifty miles out into the desert or something. And right. oh, here they are, and there's the guy that's always on every show, you know, actually out there working. And uh, no, no, right. you walk over to the, the window of your Holiday Inn Express <laughs> in there at McDonald's eating your quarter pounder. You're like, hey, there's Giza. Yeah, the guy's like, are you a, are you an archaeologist? No, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express <laughs> last night. I did that shit the other day. Somebody was doing something at work, and I said, what's going on? I stayed at a Holiday Inn. I know all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we got off football a little bit. Yeah. All right. So uh, <clears throat> some of the highlights this weekend, uh, Carolina beat Atlanta 25-15. to 15. Tampa Bay. Over Seattle, 21-16. I think the Geno magic might be over. Tom Brady played relatively good. I watched that game. So Well, now that his old lady's been seen out in the Caribbean with somebody else. <laughs> Ouch. You know what? And that, it wasn't Antonio Brown. No. I think I, that deal was over last year. We've got a little pick em league at work. It's nothing major, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, okay, Tampa Bay's kind of sucking it. You know, uh, so Seattle, Seattle's, uh, you know, Looking good. I'm yeah. picking Seattle. That's the only reason why they lost so bad. Oh, you yeah. did it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> right. It's my fault. Nice. Um, so I don't know if you guys watched the Minnesota and Buffalo game. I know it was on at the same time as the Chiefs game, I think. So a lot of Chiefs fans probably missed out on the yes, game. Yes, I but, missed the whole damn thing. Man, it was it was probably – they're already calling it the game of the year. I mean, we're halfway – you know, a little over halfway through the season. Minnesota and, and the Bills – yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so they just want to make the Bills so, have a game of the year every well, year. Well, no, like. dude, it came. If you would have watched the game, I mean, you would have been convinced in the last two minutes that the Bills were going to win, and then the last minute that the Vikings were going to win, and then it ended up going into uh, to overtime. And the Vi- dude, Justin Jefferson is just this amazing athlete. Some of these catches this guy's this guy was making, and I mean, he is just. He's he's the best receiver in the league right now. Best aren't bar you, none. Aren't you glad that we passed over him in the draft? Oh man, I am so <laughs> we could have so had glad. him. Could have had him, and we could have had uh, uh, freaking Bills quarterback. Yeah, Josh Allen. Josh but we Allen. took uh, Bradley yeah. Chubb instead, and he's not even a Denver Bronco anymore. Best, right? yeah. best helmets mm-hmm. in the league, as far as I'm concerned, is the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, they're super cool these days too, because they have that matte purple. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking yeah, about. That's my yeah. backup NFC team. I've always been kind of a closet um, Vikings fan. Yeah, uh, I I think some I think of my it's favorite because uh, of my honky status, I believe. So the the, <laughs> the Saints, uh, they wore. I think it was when they played in London. Maybe they wore these black helmets with a gold mm. clover. So mm. with, that's really cool. Oh, that's cool. And then I I'm always a sucker for the red uh, Falcons helmets too, like the oh, old yeah. school the red old Falcons. School. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, I like those. I too. think the Falcons probably have the coolest logo. Yeah. Yeah, it just looks slick. I hate to say this, but them faders out there, that's a pretty cool logo on the side of the faders. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, kind of a, a menacing. It almost type make you want to cry. I, I think that like your quarterback. I think that the Raiders are the only <laughs> thing that, running. that uh I got right was I, I, I predicted that the Raiders were gonna suck this year and they do suck, and then everything else I thought was gonna happen is totally yeah, wrong. Man. And it could <laughs> it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy either. Josh McDaniels goes out yeah, there, you know, know, the old cheater himself that came to Denver and kind of uh, put a curse on us for a little while. Oh, feel right. like. Mark Davis says that he is not going anywhere and he has a job next year. Man. Mm. All right, then. I'd like well, to see well. if that really holds true. I mean, <laughs> that's all right with me. They can suck next year, too. Mark Davis's judgment on uh, Josh McDaniels is his uh, judgment on a barber, too. It totally sucks. So, <laughs> <clears throat> 
the uh, the Lions edge one out against the Bears, thirty-one to thirty. Always like seeing Dan Campbell win. Um, seems like just a super good dude. Don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to make it for a really long time as an NFL coach, but I watched Hard Knocks. I was a fan of the guy yeah. when he first came into the league. No he was talking about biting off kneecaps and shit. Half and then, asses. Yeah. Yeah. Care if you got half an ass, I'm coming after you. Yeah, exactly. Three toes and half an ass yeah. or something like that, he said. <laughs> Uh, the the Chiefs beat the the Jaguars twenty seven seventeen. Uh, the Dolphins, man, they continue to be on fire. Tua continues to put up big numbers. They beat the the Browns easily thirty nine to seventeen. Tyreek Hill's numbers are crazy, man. Wow, I'll take another drink. I'll get you one here, but just before I leave. The Chiefs don't need Tyreek to win, I knew but other teams coming. need Tyreek to beat the Chiefs. I mean, I'll get you a beer now. I, I'll, I will grudgingly agree with that. Yeah, so everybody's prediction that the Chiefs were going to fall apart when Tyreek hit. When Tyreek I thought that they were going to take a step back, but they haven't at all. Well, so so much of that uh, offense, I felt like, depended on misdirection, you know, because they would have mm-hmm. Tyreek back there in motion, just run around in the backfield like a nut, and then he would just <laughs> like th- nut, he would just yeah. blur down downfield, mm-hmm. and he would get double teamed. It would open up another receiver, or, you know, Kelsey, Kelsey over the, the middle, middle, you know. Yeah. Um, I thought that they were going to lose a little bit of that dynamic, but I think Andy Reid is such a good coach, and he is so inventive that I don't think anybody else could run that team as efficiently yeah. as him. If they didn't have yeah. Andy Reid, I don't think they would be the, the team that they are. We were right. talking the other day, Chiefs fans were, and uh, Marty played to not lose and Andy plays to win. Yeah. That's the difference. Well, it was obvious that you know Marty would play to not lose because oh. the Marty ball stuff. Yeah. That, you know, Three and out, kick re- a field goal. Rest in peace. <clears throat> it was almost like those – those coaches of that era had that mindset, though. Like Bill Walsh, they said that he would script like the entire three possessions of the game, and he would not deviate from it. Yeah. It didn't matter if they were losing yardage, if they were getting just absolutely demolished. He was not deviating from that script, man. And huh. I just just thought of something. Do you think football is reflecting on society? Because that was back when it was still kind of a safe. Nobody really wanted to stick out in the crowd. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to do what was. Just get to where you're going. And now everything's a go. It's kind of like football's the same way. They're throwing, doing crazy shit and everywhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I went too deep mm-hmm. on that one. But anyway, go ahead. I don't know. It's an interesting parallel. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Giants, they continue to be relatively good. 24-16 yeah. to 16 against the Houston Texans. So <laughs> Saquon Barkley is a beast and a half. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, he's kind of having a resurgence. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to see that for him because... The last Speaking couple of of years haven't been good. Half Beast and the Giants. Is Odell Beckham ever going to pick a damn team? He said he's got to narrow <laughs> down to five now. You know, eventually you think that that guy's going to be out of the league long enough that maybe the it's his you know his stock's going to cool off. You know, I've got it narrowed down to three myself. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, expect me to uh, make your announcement. Yeah, to make my you, announcement. You, Trump, and Odell. Maybe that's what it is. Trump's going to run for president. Odell is going to be the uh, vice president. Oh, man. Well, oh, wow. with the cult of personality that we mm. have these days, I wouldn't be too Damn. surprised. Uh, Pittsburgh with uh, Kenny Pickett somehow pull one out against, I guess, Andy Dalton and the Saints. I didn't watch the game, but they won 20 to it. 10. Uh, the the Steelers have been suffering pretty bad. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're not good. Yeah, they well, man, they basically just 
kick the foundation out from under the team, and now they got to redo everything. Big Ben's yeah. gone, man. Well, they they yeah. said that Kenny Pickett's got some of the worst numbers for a rookie quarterback in a really long time. As mm. far as like he had through five games, I think he had two touchdowns and six or seven interceptions. It, it was pretty rough. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think this will be Mike Tom. Maybe you guys already said this on a previous episode, but I think first losing season for Mike Tomlinson, yeah, right? In yeah. his career, yeah. 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 Uh, at, at Pittsburgh, yep. Yeah. Um, That's a shame. I like that head coach, too. Yeah, yeah I do, guy. too. Seems like such a stoic dude. He's just always so yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fucking business. Right. Well, the only the it's only time, time I've heard, yeah, it's I got my, time. I got my black socks on. <laughs> right. You know it's business time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we got a little too much information. I, I, was, uh, <laughs> I thought Flight of the Concord. Flight of the Concord. Yeah, <laughs> making love. Oh, okay. Making love for two. That's what I figured. Making love for two minutes. Black socks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only time I've really seen Mike Tomlin fired up is whenever uh, he was asked by another um, another coach. No, it was uh, the media was asking if he was going to leave Pittsburgh and go coach somewhere in college. I don't remember where it was, but he said, "Why would I leave this? I mean, he he snaps pretty good. You know, why would I leave this? It's dumb. Let's just squash this right now. Don't ask me about it again." Yeah, that's what uh, yeah. your your boy uh, Gundy was talking about. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, that should have got a lot more traction than it did. I think. Have you heard about this? No. So no. Gundy was committed to be an OU guy back in the day, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. He went and played OSU. Now he's a coach. Mm-hmm. And they asked him what would have what would today have been like if you had played for OU. He'd be, well, I'd be the OU coach right now. <laughs> I think he realized what he just threw out there and he goes, but Hey, I'm fine here. I don't have to put <laughs> right. up with all that bullshit down there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, man, you uh, probably ought to put that back in the bucket there. Yeah. man." <laughs> Rewind. Oh, shit. Uh, yo, uh, Zach and I's team regretfully lost to the, uh, Tennessee Titans 17 man. to 10. Does that dude really fucking suck that bad? Russell Wilson. I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Well, I've I can't tell. I've always been tell. a fan of Russell Wilson as I, a person, you know, but damn. So there are little glimmers of hope this season in the games that I've watched is when he's on the move, they have success. Every good drive that they've had, mm-hmm. it's been textbook Russell Wilson. I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is trying to make Russell Wilson a pocket passer and it's just not working because – Nathaniel Hackett came from Green Bay. You know, Aaron yeah. Rodgers isn't exactly 100% pocket passer either. That guy scrambles and runs. They did that shit to Mahomes last year. The whole thing, every time you watched a game, it was, well, they're trying to get him to mature as a quarterback, you know, and stay in the pocket. Yeah. And he had an off season last year. Now he's back to running around. So that they've, they've probably done the same shit to Wilson. Well, Some like, of these guys just need to play. Yeah. This is the one thing that I do know about football this season is I've watched all the Broncos games because I'm a fanatic about it. But uh, the the second quarter of that game mm-hmm. looked great. Yeah, they looked great, and then um, they had uh, their starting right tackle, who was actually the like the second or third guy on the depth chart. He got injured, so then they had like a practice squad guy. Yeah, they had like two practice squad guys as the center and the and the right tackle for like half the game. Yeah. And you could just see Russell Wilson got the ball and he was just bracing to get hit before he even could look anywhere. You were just like, oh yeah, shit. Like he, he's running for his life and he just got, he got sacked like six times and got hit 
I don't even know how many, but uh, I just don't think that there's any kind of protection for him. So I can't lay it at his feet, really. Right. Between the play calling and the O-line, I just don't know if it's how much of it's him. And the problem is it, it sucks because we have one of the best defenses in the league. Yes. And it, it wouldn't take the offense scoring that many points to be able to win some of these games. If they scored 18 points every game, yep. they'd be 8-1. and one. I, I believe that the, uh, the defense has only allowed an average of 16 points a game yes. uh, against our the, opponents so far this season. Yeah, I think so. it was like 16.4 or something like that, and they're yeah. first in the league. Yeah, it was for points allowed right right it's crazy um i think i think uh uh pat sertan the second is gonna be defensive player of the year I, I think he is too in the last four games he's allowed four catches for 18 yards yeah against like big name receivers too yeah against the top receiver I, receiver of every team yeah I've, I've seen a list of all the receivers that he's gone up against so far this season and which receivers he's allowed catches against you know and it's mm-hmm. it's impressive for sure i haven't seen uh the broncos play since their five of six primetime games to start the season so <laughs> yeah, weren't those exciting wow, yeah. man man the uh defensive battles the, yeah <laughs> yeah well that's, that's what we'll call it yeah. yeah not not pretty at all um so the in Jeff Saturday's coaching debut yeah. for the Indianapolis Colts, he made a lot of people eat crow. They beat the Las Vegas Raiders twenty five to twenty. Did you see his tweet from like back in October yes. or whatever? Well, the Raiders look <laughs> awful this year. <laughs> yeah. Dude, could you imagine if he would have went in and lost to him? Oh shit. That would have been terrible. But he he did come in pretty humble, you know. A lot of people were trashing mm-hmm. him and a lot of former players, even surprisingly, guys like Joe Thomas that I like a lot that played for the Browns for all those years and never made it to the playoffs and somehow still thinks that his words hold any water. But I digress from that. He uh, he came out and was like, you can't just have a guy jump the line like this. There have been guys waiting for years. This sets an awful precedent. I think it sets a pretty good precedent that a former player can have a can have a career in the league as a player. And can come in and still coach while he's relatively young. And look in like Michael Anthony from Van Halen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, Pat McAfee dug up an old clip of Joe Thomas whenever the Browns were looking for a new coach, and Joe Thomas said he was throwing his hat in the ring for it. Mm. So <laughs> Pat McAfee kind of made Joe Thomas uh, eat some crow on his own words. That's always satisfying. He was just sore that he <laughs> didn't get it. I, I think guy, so. Another dude did maybe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but get get on Saturday. Um, it's I don't know. It's encouraging to see. Like, just I don't know. I don't know why he was chosen. If it was just from sure for his merits, but and if it was, then freaking great. Well, you know? so um, John Fox is there, and people mm-hmm. are like, "Well, why didn't John Fox get the head coaching job? He's he's been a head coach in the league several times. You know, used to be the head mm-hmm. coach of the Broncos, and." Uh, this is only John Fox's first year there. There's another veteran coach that's there, and they were saying, well, why didn't he get it? It's his first year here. He has no – these guys have no rapport with the locker room. They right. don't have any connection with the organization. I think that Jeff Saturday – I think Jim Ursay said, hey, I need a guy that's going to build some morale. I need a guy that's, that's feel good for not only the players yeah. but the organization, the fan base. We're losing our ass here. We haven't had any Dude success had since – Andrew Luck left, basically. Yeah. yeah. Dude uh, had to need go. someone to hold the locker room together. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Otherwise, he was going to have a mutiny, not only of players, but of, of fans, too, because the fans are getting extremely restless there. Do you think old Chucky 
ever stands a chance to coach again. I think he's scorched earth at this point. I, oh, yeah. I don't think. I don't think he comes back from. He's, he's not good enough to get over the bullshit, right? Well, so his like he's not proven to be. Hey, when he comes in the next year, you're in the fucking playoffs. Well, the guy hasn't been successful in the NFL as a coach since 2002. Yeah, so, so. that's what I'm trying to get at. If it was a uh, you know pick a good coach, uh, try not to be a homer, not say any names, uh, but just pick a good <laughs> coach. If they did something stupid and they went away for a year or two, they went okay. Maybe everybody's forgot because you're a really good coach. We're going to put up with the bullshit and bring you back. Well, you don't think Chucky has that anymore. Somehow Urban Meyer continues to get looks and continues to get work. There you go. But I think I think Gruden's thing was so high profile. And it happened right in the middle of all the, all the civil all unrest the and right. you know, societal shifts and stuff. I just, I, I think. I don't even that, remember what the hell he said at this point. Uh, he. He commented about no, he commented about a guy's lips and he said no. a few other things. I no. think he mentioned something about somebody being gay and I mean he hit all the high points of was the guy black <laughs> and gay? I mean, I don't know if those <laughs> Jesus, two things intersected, man. but I mean he hit all the keywords. Oh man. Um, Hell of a job, huh? Yeah, and it was I think they kind of sacrificed him to kind of yeah. The, the NFL sacrificed him to say, hey, we're activists now, because that's along the same time of whenever a lot of their um, marketing went up as far as like uh, the anti-hate stuff and, yes. and that sort of stuff. It kind of coincided with that. <clears throat> but uh, So moving on, um, Green Bay pulls one out against Dallas 31 to 28. Um, that was another game that it could have been anybody's game coming right down to the wire. Uh, Dallas kind of self-destructed there uh, mm-hmm. towards the end. Um, a lot of people still, they look at Dak Prescott and they're like, so this is our guy, huh? I know that a lot I've of people. I've never just, understood the the hype around that guy. I've never really understood it. Yeah. He had that really good breakout year is his rookie season. Right. When Zeke had his breakout year too. And, and where's then, Zeke now? I mean, Zeke gets a lot of uh, split reps with, I think, what's his name? Uh, Pollard. Pollard. Hell, I oh, watched yeah. the game the other day. I didn't see Zeke's ass at all. Yeah. It was Pollard's show. I, th- I don't even know if Zeke, uh, it seemed like maybe during that game, Zeke didn't even dress for that game. I, I don't remember. I didn't see his I've ass. slept a couple of times since then. But um, So the Rams, man, the Rams just continue to fall wow, apart. Arizona beat them 27 to 17. I mean, and that was a lot of people, myself included, the NFC choice to yeah. go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. all the pieces Same. were still there. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't get it. Nothing's really changed. I mean, uh, Matt Stafford looks like Detroit Lions Matt Stafford. I mean. Well, I don't know if it's that bad. He's he's not looking good. I've watched him play several no, times. I mean, I'm sorry. Just, I think it's worse than that. So I thought Matt Stafford in Detroit was just kind of a wasted talent for right. 10 years. Yeah, same. And then he come out here. Did you hear the – podcast where i was pointing out how goff went to super bowl wow where the fuck's this guy from and the next year sucks Mm -hmm. goes to detroit the year before stafford's like just stafford in detroit comes to la boom goes super bowl wins championship and this year he sucks that's a super bowl hangover there goff is up there fucking leading the offense for the first three or four season uh, games was the number one offense yeah yeah yeah. something about that deal man putting up hella points and still losing it was weird yeah it was weird (laughs) i mean and they weren't getting blown out at all even with uh some people say the worst defense in nfl history right now in detroit is what a lot of people are saying Uh, yeah yeah which is pretty rough 
Uh, San Francisco beats the LA Chargers 22 to 16, which helps uh, some teams Thank in the AFC Shane. West. <laughs> Uh, in overall Those, record, not in uh, division record anyway. Man, I, I thought that, that was going to be the division to watch in all of football. Man. And they all are horrible except exactly. for the Chiefs. Whoa. Except for the okay. Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people thought that the NFC East was going to be the worst division mm-hmm. in the league and AFC West was going right. to be the best. And it has completely flip-flopped. Yeah. And that leads me into the, the last score. Uh Washington beat Philadelphia thirty-two yeah. to twenty-one. Could not believe that. Yeah. So yeah. you figure that the other shoe was going to drop eventually with Philadelphia. Yeah, Everybody has a bad. Game. I think that. I mean, we wouldn't have said this at the beginning of the season, but knowing how teams have kind of worked out, I think that they've had a pretty weak schedule up to this point. Well, so they've beat a couple of what I would consider are legit you, teams. Are you but, considering Washington not weak? Uh, I was I was I'm <laughs> considering them until this point. Uh, no, well, no. Yeah. I mean, I I picked I picked uh, Philly to win, but um, I would say that Washington's like middling. According right? to the commentators, they got the best defensive line in the league. Oh, really? Like the four up front guys? Yeah, that shows you how much I pay they attention. They were only I rushing with four guys most of the night, and they was all over Hurts. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, I know a lot of people are like. Uh, I saw Hurts, stuff. On, <laughs> I saw stuff online. People were like, "Hey, man, Heineke's just that guy. He's just a dog, you know." But what are you gonna do? Uh, so that's it. Yeah, that looking was, forward to next week. That was my mm-hmm. defense there <laughs> playing you. Yeah. I sent you a message. Hey, the defense I didn't play is destroying the running back that I did play. <laughs> right. Both my quarterbacks were out. Uh, the tight end got fucked, and he's out for like the rest of the year. They. Gave my running back one snap and he's now released. It's like, oh, wow. it's like, what in the hell? That's why I'm a two and eight. I team. think uh, Travis Etienne actually came back and had a decent game. I think he broke 100 yards rushing. I, could I had be wrong. 65 points, man. 65 yeah. points. I have no idea how fantasy point That's scoring works. Good. Like, I have no idea. That's not good. Mm. Anything sorry, under 100 bro. is like, damn. You know, and I was like 65. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I was wrong. Travis Etienne had 11 rushes for 45 yards, which is a 4.1 average, which isn't the worst. But he also had three catches. Uh, He was targeted three times, had three catches for 28 yards. So he didn't even, uh, between rushing and receiving, have 80 yards. So, anyway, that's it. That's the weekend review for the NFL. Hmm. And I, I got to pick up um, a quarterback for next week because I've got Tom Brady and they're on a bye this upcoming week. So I think I'm probably going to pick up Andy Dalton because even if even if the, the Saints aren't doing that great with him, he's putting up some big fantasy numbers. It's like uh, Carson Wentz, dude, like through the th- first four or five games of the season. They were getting their asses completely handed to him, and he was putting up like 35 or 40 points in fantasy. It was ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So what did we miss? Anybody want to talk about? Um, I've got sort of an announcement. Maybe people will care, maybe not. Another child. Um, Huh? Another child coming. No, 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 (laughs) God, no. I'm 44 years old. I do not want to start over with another one. Um. Uh, I play in a band called Edge Over Edge. I play drums. So go follow that Keeper on of the uh, beat. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. the keeper of the beat. Uh, I almost, so I go nerded, follow all that stuff. I nerded out on your uh, equipment deal. You oh, video. I know nothing about nothing, but I was like, oh, okay, cool. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we posted a little video. Uh, we ha- we use um, in-ear monitoring instead of having speakers for That's cool. our reference. And it's a whole technical setup. So you could find that on uh, our Facebook page. It's Edge Over Edge, all one word. So if you want to go follow us, that'd be awesome. If you like heavy, guitar-driven, aggressive music. But I'm going to actually uh, start playing guitar with a band. I'm still doing the Edge Over Edge thing, but I'm going to start playing guitar with a band in Independence called Caddy Wampus. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yep. And my, my brother, Jacob, who is an excellent drummer, is the drummer for that band. Really? Um, uh, Nate Bunn and John Hamlin are the other guys in the band. Yeah, that's right. That would explain and, the first time I saw you, you was in the crowd watching a Caddy Wampus show. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. and I've I've been a supporter of them for a long time, and uh, they've asked me to come play guitar with those guys. Uh, so they're more I'm gonna start that jazz. Well, they're kind of like a '70s funk blues rock it's a kind good of a band. thing. Mm. I dig it. Yeah. yeah, they got a cool vibe. I, I remember, you know, you would go to uh, you go to Neawala, and they would yeah. be pretty much a mainstay at Neawala for a lot of years yeah. running. They would usually play up there. Am I correct? Um. I, I don't know how there. often they played on the stage, but they always seem to be doing something somewhere in Independence or yeah. uh, in Neawalla Week. Okay. And th- this last Neawalla was no different. They had a, a really fabulous show, packed show at the Booth Hotel on uh, the Saturday of Neawalla that evening. It was really good. That's cool. And uh, that's actually, they, they've asked me to, to come um, sit in with them and play and uh, I'm going to start doing that this week so I'm really excited about that and I want to encourage everyone to uh, if you're not following them um, you know hit up Caddy Wampus on all the social media stuff and how do you spell Caddy Wampus? C-A-D-D-Y-W-H-O P-U-S P-U-S so it's Caddy Caddy Wampus Caddy Wampus for some yeah. reason in my mind it's always Catty <laughs> You know, yeah. well, that's at least how they they decided to spell it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good band. I dig it. Yeah, well, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. So I'm excited about that. I've been I've been uh, kind of geeking out over my my guitars have been so neglected since I've been playing drums. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I need to get my guitars in <laughs> in maintenance. Just like, uh. I didn't even know you played guitar. Yeah, that's actually I. All right. Zach bio time. Uh, <laughs> Deep I, dive. When I was uh, when I was young, like I was fascinated by drums, and I, I uh, never I never played a drum kit until I got into high school. But as soon as I got on one, I knew exactly how to play it because I was always air drumming and like focused in and and like le- it's like I knew how to do it by watching and by kind of practicing imaginarily. Mm. <laughs> so it, I took to it really fast. But then. Like I said, my brother Jacob came up, and I showed him one or two things, and he just took off. I mean, he's like a natural. Nice. Total natural. I was like, well, we both can't play drums. <laughs> so when I was like 16, I just started to start fumbling around with guitar and singing about that same time, too. Actually, when I studied music in college, I was a vocal emphasis. Really? Yeah. So classically trained vocalist here. Nice. Um uh, it's totally self-taught guitar player, but that's really um, kind of my has been my focus until the edge over edge stuff. But uh, I love it all. But I'm excited to play guitar. That's awesome. So, that's cool. Yeah, look forward to seeing that. Yeah. 
I'll keep you updated on shows and stuff. Sounds good. What nice. else? Huh? Said nice. Oh yes. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, so greatest drummer of all time is it John Bonham? That's the uh, uh, that's Led Zeppelin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some would argue that. I would, for me. I'm going to go with Neil Peart. Maybe. Okay. So that's always the Hold argument. On. Those can are the big two. Can you hear it? And there, he's done now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know exactly no. who you're talking yes. about. Yes. <laughs> yes. Your drummer sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many great, and there's so many great jazz drummers yeah. that... Um, are arguably better than both those guys and that maybe I'm just not as familiar with. So, man, I, that's so, a crazy question. I was watching something the other day. They were talking about um, people that don't give Ringo Starr enough credit for being the type of technical drummer that he is. Mm-hmm. Some of the... Um, they they gave an example of a couple of songs where he had to play this, um, this role or something for like just, you know... Two and a half minutes. The song's only two and a half minutes long, but the 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 tempo that he had to keep and uh you know the role that he had to do or whatever yeah. he was having to do for two and a half minutes straight was the exact same tempo, no break all the way through yeah. the song. Not a lot of drummers can do it. Right. You know? So he was not not flashy, but he was as solid as anyone could be. Technical yeah. drummer. Yeah. Right. Ringo Starr so. by no means <laughs> sucks like a lot of people are like oh that guy he's just this throwaway drummer i mean and he's singing harmonies while doing it too and i know firsthand how that's hard to do and if you if you ever look at ringo playing he's just back there you know smiling and and making it look easy it looks effortless for sure have you watched the uh get back documentary yet from the beatles yeah i have not no i need i need to though there's a part in there where i think it's mccartney comes in and he's wrote this song and he can hear the drums in his head, and Ringo's not getting the way oh, he wants. Oh, that's Lennon. Yeah, Lennon's explaining to him how to try to play the drums well, for I, the song. Yeah, doesn't he kick him off the drums and just start playing it? I thought that was McCartney that just started playing it. Or maybe it was McCartney with, I don't know, either way. Yeah, I can't remember now. The way they just toss these fuckers. Hey, just let me show you. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, what the fuck? Can you do yeah. that? Without knowing, I would guess it'd be McCartney, because he's, yeah. he's really like the musical genius of all of them. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Watch that show. It's clear that the driving force of that band, to me, was McCartney. It's, yeah. so, it's always so funny how the drums are always the, the toss-up, like the deciding factor on, you know, a lot of bands with the infighting, because Dave Grohl did it. You know, yeah. and yeah. I think either ran off their original drummer, right? Because he was going back in and re-recording drum, uh, you know, drum parts. Um, Don Henley used to do it, you know, uh, whenever he, you know, relinquished the drums for whatever time he did, he would go back in and lay back down drum tracks or he would go back in and lay down harmonies or whatever. Man, it's always, it's always the drummers, Zach. Yeah, What's I'd- up with that? I don't know, man. We're prima donnas. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I mean, that's pretty much the heart of the whole damn band, it sounds like, from not being a uh, musician at all, just a consumer of music. The drum's Uh, what you're moving your head to. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, um, like I said, I sing a little bit, play guitar a little bit, play drums a little bit. Um, I'm pretty awful at, uh, at piano, but I can 
get by with a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, so, but, uh, it, man, everybody has their part and it takes everybody doing their job. It's almost like a, uh, like a sports team, like, like football you say is like, it takes all 11 guys. It's right. like any kind of musical group, like you're only as good as your worst player where, yeah. wherever that player is. If it's the singer, it's like, you're only as good as that person, wh- whatever they're doing. Um, that's something that, that I always keep in my mind. Cause you know, I don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, like if if I'm doing everything that I can and I am the worst person, then that's a really blessed position to be in because you're playing with people that are are phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. You know, so uh, I both do and don't want to be that weak link in the band. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you are the weakest link. But if I am the weakest link, then I know that I can uh, I can work hard to well, live up to everybody else. So do uh, I don't know his name. I guarantee you know it. The drummer for Tool. Do you not throw him in there? Danny Carey is a Awesome. Tool Tool is like one of my biggest influences for the, sure. Is he the new uh, Neil Peart guy? I I would say he's kind of taking the torch. Yeah, for that prog rock. Just from, another guy, another guy that you probably are not as familiar with is Gavin Harrison. He plays with uh, a band called Porcupine Tree and also with a band called the the um the Pineapple Thief. And he's a, been a session drummer forever and that dude, he ne- he's as technically proficient can do all the wild and crazy stuff, but he never overplays. He always does what's perfect for the song, mm. and he always does it flawlessly. And that guy is just so beautiful to listen to. He's my favorite drummer right now, for yeah. sure. He's uh, amazing. An- another guy that uh, people might just kind of, because of the band that he played with, but but uh, Rick from Def Leppard, man, a guy mm. that loses his arm. And yeah. develops a system to be able to That's crazy. play like, come on. with his feet and one arm. <laughs> you seen the memes? If you're doing air drums at Def Leppard and you're using two arms, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Damn. I mean, that talk about resolve and a guy just that didn't, you know, refuse to give it up. Yeah. yeah. And he developed, developed his own whatever system. the hell he's got going on with his feet down there. Man, you know? so I've I've watched something where he tried to explain what he's doing with his feet, and it looks like the most complicated thing. I'm like, you would have to just shut off everything else and either <laughs> either focus on it 100% or not focus on it at all. I so don't know what he does. What's he doing with his I'm, what is this, his left arm that he lost, right? Yes. So what what's on the left side of his kit over there, Zach? You know what? I haven't studied it I mean, uh, well enough to, to like know exactly, but I'm, I know he has some electronics uh, that are going on with that he's triggering with his left foot because um, then he still has to hit the bass drum, right? Well, so yeah, with your le- and and every drummer to some extent uses their left foot for the hi hat and for uh, double kick bass yeah. drum pedaling and stuff. But he's just like he doesn't do a lot of double double kick kind of stuff. I think what he's doing instead of like. Uh, a lot of people will ride a cymbal with their right hand and then hit the snare with their left. I think he's like using his left foot for that riding mm. a he lot is. of times. Yeah, I I recently and, just watched, uh, he did an interview on the news just recently for whatever reason. Uh, I think him and his wife are producing new music or something like oh. that with uh, with up-and-coming talent. But he uh, he has pedals on his left foot, and so when he hits the snare... He can hit a pedal and it switches to a hi hat sound, so oh, okay. he doesn't have to reach all the way over. Sure, you know he can just keep it right there at the snare drum. And so if it's a like oh. a tight beat or something like that, you know yeah. it's it's really quick for him. Let's not forget this was in the uh, late '80s when technology isn't what it is today. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
That was yeah. a big damn deal. It was. That. It was a huge deal. And, and do what kind of camaraderie and friendship too for Def Leppard to pretty much put everything on hold for yeah. him to mm-hmm. to be able to develop his system at the height of their at career. The, really. At the height. I mean, yes. they yeah. were at the top yeah. right after Hysteria. Yeah. They weren't getting no bigger than that, and they never have been any bigger. But, yeah, I, mean, I think it was right before history. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I think it was right before whatever um, album. I think it was after Pyromania. Whatever oh, okay. album Love Bites was that, on. That's hysteria. Yeah, yeah, that was their first album with him with just oh, one arm. Okay, yeah. well, yep. shit. Then they peaked with him with one arm. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I wonder if he got as much of the royalties. Oh boy! Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not touching that. God, neither was he. Yeah. Was, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What an asshole! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, I think we covered about everything. All right. Well, again, I just want to say I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me on. Um, sorry I didn't uh, bring more knowledge with me about. You brought enough politics and football. <laughs> you brought enough. <laughs> you sufficed. All right. I uh, I'm not going to get into a big thing about it, but as you see from the Facebook page, I apparently want to put on a drag race at the Caulfield Airport. I'm but, glad uh, that you admitted that uh, Independence is superior to hey, uh, to Caulfield. At least thanks in that for, category. Thanks for helping me out. <laughs> Independence is winning when it comes to drag racing at the airport. Yeah, Coffville's right. totally getting gapped. We 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 got you on that <laughs> one gapped. that one metric. Yeah, yeah. So I ain't gonna get, <laughs> at I, least I ain't gonna get too deep in on this one because I'll save it for like we're gonna be gone this weekend, so we may have to do our deal Thursday night maybe. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'll have more to talk about that in the future. But uh, anyway, all right, man. Thanks for coming by. I always like it when you come by. Hey, you need to bring the mother Yahoo's with you again sometime. All right, yeah, I'm sure that they'd love to. That was well, a uh, podcast that felt like it could have gone on for about another three hours. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's kind of how I always feel in the room with those guys. And uh, we'll try and get um, Daryl Rocky Neal, our our other guitar player, uh, in here too, because he's a hoot. I hate to do it, but we can invite ourselves and we could come to your place. I would love that. I, um, I enjoyed that last time I was there. Yeah, we're in a new location now in Cherryvale. It's top secret. I know about it's top it. Top secret. Uh, so yeah, I'll have to. We'll have to work that out because okay. um, we're we're more limited on space. We're oh. kind of in, we're kind of in a makeshift space for doing that okay. right now. Uh, like I said, we're kind of a two bit fly by night operation over there. All right, I, 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 I get you don't want us to come. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> okay. all signs point well, to. Yes. <laughs> we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. All right, go to uh, wkopodcast.com and don't just. Go to where you give money. Go look at the big list of people that have made this episode free Man, for appreciate you them so much. to uh, listen to. Uh, like anything else, we use the value for value. What do you find value in this? Is it worth a buck, two bucks, three bucks? Is it worth nothing to you? Well, okay. Two pence. Uh, you can also go buy a shirt, which helps out another local business here in town. Uh, Brian Nisley Jr. and his lovely wife, and I cannot remember his name. Chelsea. Chelsea, thank you out. Thank you. Out. The fuck was that? <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, you buy a shirt from us. You're basically buying it from him, so it helps us two of us out, and it creates revenue. And we do pay tax, so there you go. Suck that. Uh, all right. See you next time.